But hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Fairly Normal. I'm super excited today <laughs> to have as my guest the very funny Kelsey Cook. Kelsey, how are you? Hi, Josh. Hi. I'm so happy to be here in your palace. You know, I will say, so guys, we, we have decided to use our fireplaces instead of our mm-hmm. central heat. You just blew my mind with all these facts. There was a podcast before the podcast, yeah, there, yeah. you guys, that we should have been recording because yeah. it was way more valuable yeah. than probably anything we'll say in yeah. this time. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll share with you yeah. what it was real quick. So we, Beth and I started using the fireplaces. And for me, one, I like it aesthetically. Yeah. I've, I didn't realize how much I hated the low hum of central heat oh. and central air. I didn't even think about that. When we turn it on now, I do because I just hear the. Mm-hmm. But now there's nothing. But the sound of fire. So it's just nice. fucking rich. It's ri- isn't it's it luxurious? I really feel like I should grow a beard every time. One hundred percent. It's a very like Ron Burgundy situation. Yeah. You know I, mean? I, I did ask Beth. I'm like, why isn't there a rug in front of there so I can just sprawl out yeah. like Burt Reynolds? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just oh my god. Hand over the head. Yeah. Just, just walking. I'm like Josh. Yeah. Come on in. I'm back by the rug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angle. Okay. <laughs> but but um I was telling you because we both you you are you're into your health, would you say? Yes. Yeah, our my whole podcast with um Taylor Tomlinson and Delaney Fisher is called Self Helpless because we're like obsessed with Where'd you self help. Spokane, Washington. Oh yeah, we did talk about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so did you grow up in a household that was big into being healthy and, and all that stuff? It was like a little of column a little column b like there were certain things that were happening and i was like oh this is not healthy so i want to learn how to be healthy Mm -hmm. um my mom would pack me lunches and like you know you'd open your lunchbox around other kids i remember seeing other kids have like sandwiches and like an apple and some carrots that's what everybody had and mine was like fruit snacks and a fruit roll-up and a hershey bar (laughs) and a bagel and I remember just like look like being in like fourth or fifth grade and looking around and being like I don't, there's something off here and yeah. I remember asking my mom like hey don't you think I should have like some fruit in here and she's like there's fruit juice and the fruit snacks it's it, the same thing did you say hey hey mom don't you think maybe you should start actually making some of this stuff sure, that you put in yeah. my lunchbox hey uh, my bones are turning to ash and I'm eight so how about we add a little nutrition so like stuff like that I was like okay I need to maybe on my own start to figure out some stuff for how to be healthy but then also my mom was like low-key into a witchcraft type shit with like feng shui where she you know rearranging furniture hanging wind chimes talking about bringing good chi in and to like your prosperity corner and for a while I was like this is horse shit yeah I can't get behind this and I got to a point where like I was seeing some stuff happen in her life that was good like positive changes and I was like well I got nothing to lose so let's crack open this feng shui book and I started making changes and now 12 years later I'm like full feng are you shui. full now full okay. feng shui look around my house right now yeah Feels, feels are, good. Are we not feng shui in here? What, what what would I have to do to feng shui? No, you're super feng shui. Really? You're re- like it's it's really good. It, but by ac- accidental feng shui. I guess. I mean, there are certain things like that's so, gonna be the name of my next album, by the way. <laughs> accidental. <laughs> <laughs> accidental feng shui. I fucking love it. It's not a terrible name no. for an album. 
it's accidental amazing. feng shui. Yeah. Um, it's all so it's all supposed to be oriented from like where your front door is. So like quick, just a feng shui 101. Basically, there are nine guas. It's G U A, which are like it's an area of your home that's supposed to correlate with an area of your life. So there's like a prosperity gua and like a love and relationship gua and um, a career and life path one and skills and knowledge. So basically, like all of your life can be categorized into these nine areas. And it's like you overlay. And those are in the house. And those are in the house. So you go from whatever the wall is that your front door is at and you go into your home and like the back left corner of your house is the prosperity corner. Oh, that's my bedroom. So that's your bedroom. So what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> hey, baby. Yeah, that is the prosperity corner. <laughs> that's weird. I hung up a sign that said prosperity corner without even knowing <laughs> right above our bed. So there you Super go. Super specific. <laughs> Nailed that one. <laughs> Um, so (laughs) wow okay so what's the next one so then like the middle the back middle is your fame and reputation area and so like fire is good so you if you consider this your fame and reputation this is fucking amazing you have a fireplace this is the fame and reputation that's incredible which is great wow Okay, what else? So I'm two for two accidental function. Accidental. So back right corner is your love and relationships. So is that is this like a pantry back Laundry here? Laundry machine. Laundry machine. Okay. It means we keep it clean. Yeah. Okay. We keep it clean. Okay. We keep it we like to keep it clean. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. 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 All right. <laughs> and the bathroom. So we like to That's all good. Yeah. That's fine. Um So prosperity and yeah. fame better than the love life which is in the shitter because the bathroom's back there. Is it really? Well that's I mean sometimes you obviously like can't control where like your bathroom is like toilet yeah, and shit but yeah. this feels nice. It's good. You don't want they say for love and relationship like you don't want things in there that represent being single or like things that are broken in there. Right. Um like things in twos are good for that area, shit like that. You want wash your dryer? Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. Perfect. There you go. One of the basic things is like with your bed, with everybody's bed, they say it's good to pull, um, like make sure that both long sides, neither of them are up against a wall. They're not. They're in the middle. There you go. Because you want to, you know, it says for like the energy, you want to be able to like let another person come into your life. I feel like that up against the wall thing is like what you do at your mom's house. Yeah. That's where your bed is when you're a teenager. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. I feel like it's probably pushed into a corner when you're a teenager. Totally. For good reason. I mean, you're not trying to get dick at 12. Like you just... No, no, not at 12. You gotta focus on other things. I was actually... I've never tried to get dick before in my life. (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) For me... uh, just so it, weird. It just happened accidentally. <laughs> I, was in, I was in college and whatever. Uh, <laughs> a lot of drinking. Yeah, a lot of drinking. Lot of drinking. <laughs> now, when you were in, when you went to a school and you brought your lunch. Yeah. Okay. So I used to bring my lunch too. Okay. And they were the people who bought lunch and the people who brought lunch. Yeah. And I always thought that people who bought lunch were way cooler. Really? Well, for us, because, you know, they got pizza and a oh, cookie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now, so I, I would bring my my lunch bag to school every morning. Now, I had a brown paper bag. <laughs> and um, every day. And my mom used to make sandwiches, two sandwiches. Okay. Now, you see, two sandwiches, some chips in a, in That's a, nice. in a bag. That's nice. Two sandwiches. Two sandwiches. Well, I always made her make me two because she always packed a tuna fish sandwich oh. uh, with mayonnaise. <laughs> And you know what happens to the bread? Oh, that's not good. You know, you know when the soggy that. Oh my oh, god! You know what I'm talking about? That sound effect was like too accurate. I was just trying to give it to you so you knew. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's on the roof oh. of your mouth and you're like Yo, trying the, to excavate it with your tongue. The soggy bread from the tuna fish is one of the grossest foods 
Absolutely. Did you like? And she would pack them thick, like a New York deli sandwich. You know what I mean? Oh. Like a thick tuna. And she, like you know, she's not draining that all the way. No, it's just wet. No, just wet going bread. on. <laughs> but you know who? And then so I always made her pack me too because I was like, I'll eat too. But knowing full well, but I, <laughs> but she used to always pack bologna and cheese because that shit was tasty as fuck. Oh man, but are you, know you white I, trash like me? I. I it will eat a fried bologna sandwich. I don't okay. have bologna at the house currently. Okay. Some craft singles, some individually wrapped. If you're eating bologna and you're not eating <laughs> with craft singles, what do what? you Yeah. Why? Why I, I don't like when people get bologna and then pick a healthy cheese. Like what? With some Havarti? Yeah. Get out of here with that. Nobody likes a quitter. No. You know what I mean? Go you should have don't. Wonder Bread. Yeah. You should have and if I see bologna on like a rye, I don't what the fuck? <laughs> You need to have bologna. You're a serial killer. If yeah, you're doing yeah. bologna on rye, I don't trust you for a fucking you, second. You're the weirdest Jew of all time. That is 100% true. I feel like only my people eat rye bread. Like, I don't know anybody who's not a Jew who, who enjoys a rye bread. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I have ever once in my life had rye bread. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now from Spokane, Washington, not a lot of Jews up there. No, not really. No. It's, it gets real close to Idaho, which is scary. Especially you know the I mean? type of Idaho, the, the part of Idaho. Uh, Boise's fucking great. Boise's amazing. But like... Mm, two minutes out. Two minutes out. Yeah. They, you get that Ruby Ridge type of <laughs> yeah. vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just some scary, <laughs> scary <laughs> KKK situations. By the way, you know who I felt the worst for? Now that we're thinking about lunches when we were kids. Yeah. If you brought, if you were a kid and whatever was packed for you was packed in Tupperware, I felt oh. bad for you. One, because you had to keep track of it. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Kids would be like, hey, you got to give me that Tupperware back. I'm like, yeah. Well. <laughs> but that also meant you got true leftovers. And we saw what your family oh. had for dinner every night. So sometimes like it got really embarrassing for the Tupperware crew. <laughs> yeah. You know, they would eat by themselves or they just wouldn't bring the Tupperware out. Yeah. Because you're like, let's see what kind of janky ass casserole. <laughs> I didn't grow up in, like in a rich. I grew up kind no, of poor. No, same, same, same. What was? Yeah. Who cooked at your house? Your mom or your dad? Um, we already heard my, your mom doesn't. My parents were divorced, so on my like at my mom's house, it was a lot of like Kraft mac and cheese, uh, ordering pizza, uh-huh. like not not a lot of like cooking from scratch type of situations. And then on my dad's house, uh, also like very poor growing up, so it was like. It's a lot of like bunker food. I, I had too many canned green beans. Yes. <laughs> that is normal for yes. one human being. Yeah. Um, a little too much canned fruit cocktail. Oh No. Did you ever, so when your dad cooked, so my dad used to cook this like giant, because I had three older brothers. Okay. So we had to feed. So you, yeah. That's a lot. A, like a giant casserole. Okay. And if that casserole wasn't done that night, guess what was going to happen the next night? He was going to add tuna to it. Didn't oh. matter what the casserole was. Oh. He was going to add some tuna and he was going to add some cheese and he was going to put that shit back. And it was this yellow casserole. I remember oh. it. I, I, it's in my nightmares because every time that would come out, I would look at my brothers like, hey, we better finish this fucker tonight. Because, you know, if we don't, it's coming back with tuna tomorrow. You know oh what I mean? God. Oh, my God. Did you have anything like that growing up? Like, did you have a signature dish of either your mom or dad? Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes. I'm the oldest. I have a younger brother who's six years younger than me and then um, a younger stepsister and a younger half-brother. Um, one of the dishes that stands out in my mind, and I don't know if you're going to know this because not everybody has heard of this dish. Have you heard of eggs a la goldenrod? I've heard of goldenrod, but not in the way... Okay. 
it's basically like trying to take like white trash food and disguise it as something better but it's like you take eggs like you hard boil a bunch of eggs and then you separate the white from the hard yolk and you mash up the hard yolk and you toast like wonder bread and you basically ladle hard like egg whites in this weird cream milk sauce on top of the toast and then you put the crumbled yellow oh oh my god who made that my stepmom oh yeah and did she go where do was she excited what she give me like how would she was she excited would she announce it to you it's eggs a la golden (laughs) runners (laughs) 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 handguns but here's the thing is like i thought it was fucking delicious because i didn't know any better when you grow up in that environment that's all you know. So if like th- that tastes good to you, you're, you're not like realizing how shitty and no. whatever it is. <laughs> I didn't know that my mom, especially when I was growing up, yeah, that my mom wasn't supposed to be smoking big, thick ass fucking cigars. Your mom smoked cigars? In the living room what with my boss. dad. Fucking used, Rick Ross, your they, mom. They just, used to sit in the living room, the two of them, feet up. And just my mom would be doing a crossword puzzle. My dad would be reading <laughs> and they'd be smoking these big, thick ass cigars. And wow. I was, I never thought anything of it. Yeah. Yeah. Until one of my friends was like, dude, your fucking mom smokes cigars. I was like, I know. And he was like, no, that's an insult. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What did he say? Wait, 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 that's an insult. He goes, yeah, it's fucking weird, man. So I started asking around, is your mom smoking cigars? And they were like, no, dude, no, my mom doesn't smoke cigars. So I went home one day. I was like, Hey, to my mom. You have to cut that shit out. She was like, why? And I, she said, are you worried about my health? I'm like, sure. That's what I'll tell you. And I went on this huge, I went on this huge diatribe about oh. how it was bad for her health. Oh and that my she needed God. to stop because she needed to be around for us and she quit. Yeah. Yeah. The truth of the matter is I was just embarrassed as fuck. Yeah, no, you can't have that ruin your street cred. Do you know what my dad used to do? Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay. Then you got to tell me something embarrassing that your okay. mom or dad would do in front of you, okay. in front okay. of your friends, okay? Okay. Oh, my dad awesome. did not Go number two with the door shut. Oh, in front of your friends? Worst. So, Kels, okay, ready? Oh, I'm, I, I am probably not. probably 11, right around the 11. <laughs> and I hear, Josh! And my friend Gary was over. Josh! Yeah, come on in here. Come, You boys come in here. I got to ask you something. No, shut so, up. So, I just think when he says in here, that doesn't mean the bathroom with him taking a dump. Oh. And the, the bathroom was right before his room. I thought he was in his room. And I'm walking up and I see the bathroom open. And then I see his feet, like just one foot as I'm turning the corner. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm about to turn around. And he goes, come in here. Come in here. And he's just sitting on the shitter. What? Yeah. He was like, what are you boys doing today? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I was like, oh, this is. He used to make. He would get up religiously. Saturday and Sunday mornings. Yeah. And every Sunday mornings was pancakes and waffles. The, always. When you came downstairs, nice. the, the funnies would be there yeah. Sunday morning because we got a paper delivered. Yeah. And they made eggs and pancakes and waffles. But he made them in a blue button-down Oxford shirt, okay. socks, and underwear. Tidy whities <laughs> And that's how he was like, he would, you'd come into the kitchen and be like, God damn it. <sighs> <sighs> hey, man. <laughs> but it was so amazing. And I will tell you something, you know, Everybody's, this is why you're a comedian and all yes. this shit. I can, yeah. But everybody's parents had their thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That was normal for that house. Yeah. And that you didn't realize until you left your house and went to friends' houses. You're like, Give me oh. one of yours. Give me one of yours. 
Well, my family is a fucking circus. I mean, we can't talked wait about to get this into some of this, by the way, a little bit. But um, so both of my parents met playing in a professional foosball tournament. So I literally wouldn't exist if it weren't for foosball, which is very sad. And then my dad also has this like extra clown resume where he's like an international yo-yo man, huh? like has like traveled the world doing like performing yo-yo routines. Um, my dad, by the way, would love to sit and pick your dad's brain about yo-yos. <laughs> my dad fucking loves playing with a yo-yo. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me right now? Oh, it's a... I we, we might have to cannot. get these two gentlemen together. Well, <laughs> rendezvous. I mean, it's hard to make friends when you're that age, but it they just really might have is. to. They might have to. The bonding power of yo-yos. Yeah. So, and he's like a slam poetry champion and... Like, he plays trumpet professionally. Like, that's what his full-time career is, is he's, like, a trumpet player. Uh, and it's... So, like, the yo-yo stuff, he used Wait to second. come... Trumpet playing, yes. yo-yo slinging, slam poet? Past foosball champion. I mean, all the things... Yeah. All of... Like, you just named a bunch of things that, like, you rarely meet anybody... Yeah. ...who does. Even one. Yeah. He's, he's he, everything. Yeah, he's hit the... Okay. So he used to come to my school and do yo-yo demonstrations. How cool were you? So that's the thing. When you're saying embarrassing, there there gets to be an age. Because when you're young and your dad comes, like when yeah. you're like elementary, you're like fucking queen bitch on the block. Yeah. You're like... Kids are like, whoa, your dad's like a wizard. Yeah. You know, like it's cool if your dad can Let's do all these crazy... Let's house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then like... Middle school, high school, you're trying to, you know, meet some people, fit in, maybe get a boyfriend, and your dad comes in walking the dog. You're like, hmm. <laughs> this yeah, does me. not bode well for me socially. Because I'm trying to think of any of those. Foosball in high school, not a good, that's not the one you want to lead with. Yo-yo, no. probably not the one you want to lead with. No. Slam poet. From your dad, definitely not the Absolutely one. Absolutely not. Now, the only thing that might be cool is every Trumpet. time you walked in the house, if he went, and you were like, if he announced you and your friends every time they walked in. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> Breakfast, everybody. That would be. Or if you told a joke at the dinner table and he had that thing at the end of it and he went. That wouldn't be terrible. That's Yeah, that's palatable. Could we get him to do some of that? You know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure he would. He does everything. Who is more into your career? Like, not more into your career, because I know all our parents are super, but who would you say is it was closer to wanting to do what you do, your mom or your dad? Oh, well, I mean, my dad doing the slam poetry, I think, is as close to me doing comedy as a parent can get without, like, actually doing comedy. Yeah. But him wanting to go be on stage performing things that he wrote. And his a lot of his jokes are, or I'm sorry, his um, poems are like comedic and shit and like very uncensored. But when I first started, I've been doing stand-up for like almost 10 years now. So I started when I was in college and he... Where'd you go to college? Uh, Washington State University. Wazoo! Big drinking college. I, oh, I... I Destroyed I would, my liver. I can yeah. only imagine, listen, in Pullman... Oh my God. And Moscow, Idaho. Yes. There's nothing to do. I'm so glad you know. You oh, know all this. I, I didn't know you to, knew drive from Seattle to Moscow, Idaho to do that gig in that hotel. Yes. Every Wednesday yes. night that John Fox booked. Oh my God. So I'm at Comedy Underground in February. We That's used to so drive funny. over that. That was the very first time. Oh, this is kind of gross. Can't wait. 
I was driving across the pass. And you know, there's a big chunk there where there's no Oh, anything. did you shit on the road or something? Yeah, I had to wipe my ass with a sock from my, from my, <laughs> I put my hand, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to use. And the guy I was driving was, you never used the travel sock? And I go, what? Oh, that's not, I mean, that's not a bad TP replacement. If anything, it ruined TP for you because it's like, this is so but, soft. But that's what he said. He goes, just so you know, don't get used to it because when you put your hand in it, it's going to be soft and then you just throw it away. I'm like, did you just leave? He goes, yeah, there's more. He goes, if you follow me, there's a trail of shitties. Oh my God. He's like, I would rather shit outside with my sock than shit in those gas bathrooms. Wow. That's what I said too. I'm like, <laughs> because, but, but, but there's pluses and minuses. Absolutely. Because the, it's cleaner outside. Yeah, sure. But you're outside. But you're outside. I mean, I won't do, I literally, this is not like three months ago. My fiance was in the bathroom for too long. He wouldn't get out. We only have one bathroom. Yep. I have IBS. I had to go. There was not time to go anywhere else. And I shit in an empty cardboard Amazon box in our living room. So that's in the who I room? am in the living room. And did you use toilet paper or a sock? I think there was a, blo- a box of Kleenex nearby. Yeah. And so I just went with that. But like, that's who I am. Like, I know on the outside, I seem like, you know, put together, nice yeah. young lady. I am like a homeless man. I am disgusting. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. That is, th- I'm trying to think if I've ever done anything... I've shit out my window before. Wow. I mean, that's just athleticism right but for, there. But for the same reason. <laughs> for the same reason. Because, like, it, we were in Seattle. Uh, one of the, the bathrooms was being used. It was too cold to yeah. go fully outside. Oh, So I just okay. lifted the window. I, I can respect that. And just went from there. And then my friend, my, my roommate was like, you going to go outside and pick that up? I'm like, no. Uh, no, it's yeah. like fertilizing it's outside. the ground. It's cold. It's I freeze. just, like, recycled and did <laughs> compost. So... <laughs> Maybe you should step up your game. So you, Pullman. Pullman, okay. yeah. Did, did you do stand-up in college? I did, yeah. I Where? started. So they didn't have like any sort of actual comedy show at WC or in Pullman. They had a monthly open mic in a cafeteria, which was horrible. Yeah. So I did it, maybe three of those and was like, something needs to happen. So I went to Mike's, also called Stubblefields. Uh-huh. Do you know this bar? I the, do. The cages? I do. I can't. I just feel like I got so much closer to you. I all of a sudden feel like I've known you for 25 years. I do know that area. The fact that you know Mike's. I do. I do. Because when you perform at that hotel, there's not a whole lot of- You got to go out. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of places to go. Oh my God. Okay. Was was DJ Goldfinger there when you were around? I don't think so. Okay. So um, I had like, he's the house DJ there or whatever and like the manager and I approached him and was like, hey, you guys don't have anything going on here on Tuesdays and like the upper part of the bar. Can I start a stand up comedy show? But what made you want? Okay. What made you want to get on stage? Did you see somebody? Did you did you what made you go? I'm going to do stand up. I went to, I saw an improv show at my college. And at that time, I was kind of like, I started college as a math major. I'm a fucking nerd. I thought I wanted to be a high school math teacher. So I'm I was, so glad you decided not to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. God, me too. Fuck. Um, so I was in like calculus three and I hated my life. And it just was so apparent that like the things that I had to do in order to be able to just like teach high school math was not what I wanted to go through. Because they make you take fucking like the most insanely difficult courses just to teach like ninth graders algebra. They want you to be so far beyond. So it. far beyond. Right. Um, and so I just got to a point where I was kind of miserable and I knew how much I loved like making my friends laugh and all of that. But I was always just afraid to actually pursue something in that field. Um, so I saw an improv show and I was like, ah, oh, this, I want to do shit like this. Like it's so exciting. And I knew that some of those comedians 
um, were doing the monthly open mic. And I like the control of stand-up more than improv. Me too. Like, I've, I've done improv classes and it's fine, but like, I just feel like the success rate of improv is real dicey. Unless you're really, really good. good. Like, whose line is it anyway? Those guys. But here's, even though they're doing improv, they have a bag of tricks. Exactly. Like, when you see the exactly. people who do crowd work, mm-hmm. they're good at crowd work. But they have a bag of tricks. 100%. That where they go, oh, I've done this before. Yes. This is where I'm taking this person. Yes. Into this joke. Exactly. Yes. So, but like if you are just thrown into a scene with some dude you met in class two weeks ago and they're like, okay, suggestions, golf balls, go. I mean, how often are you getting gold from there? Or are you getting eight and a half minutes of fucking torture? If either you're in it or you're just watching and it's torture. Well, generally because 90% of the people who take improv classes shouldn't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, yes. you know what I mean? Do you hear us actors and actresses of LA that are like, I want to spruce mm. up my resume. No, just You're really don't slowing shit down. You are. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. You're really slowing shit down. Throwing a wrench yeah. in the cog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leave it alone. You know, this is supposed to be funny, right? Yeah. Okay. Just, just make sure you knew that. Okay, go. Yeah. Uh-huh. This isn't an inside the actor studio. Yeah, I just want yeah. you to this be like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I I like parts of improv, but you can incorporate improv type stuff in stand-up, and I just way prefer the idea of, like, I'm going to write what I want to say, and I'm going to perform it, and I'm not relying on, like, other people in a troupe to do some fucking skit with me. Yeah. And so I did that one, like, open mic, and I loved it, and then from there it just, you know, you know how it is. It's like you do it once, and you're just, like, hooked. Okay, so then do you remember what your first set was. Do you remember what you talked about? I remember what I talked about. I was 15 years old, by the way. Are you serious? 15 years old. Oh my God. I was 15. My parents drove me. Wow. But do you remember what your set was? Do you, or kind of what you talked about? I remember one part because it was around the holidays, this open mic. And I remember making fun of like, I think I just tried to break down family, like character stereotypes. Like there's that one aunt who whatever, um, I, I don't remember like anything specific I said, but I, I asked all my friends to come out. So even if I heard like five people laughing, I was like, I'm fucking doing it. Like this is my <laughs> life now. You know, that's all you need. <laughs> I remember the first thing that came out of my mouth on stage. What? Because my mom and dad drove me and they had that zit zit click. Those cameras, yeah. zit zit click. You know, oh, I could hear it all that because they were right yes. in front. Zit zit click. <laughs> and uh, I could hear almost the entire set, except when I started and people have heard me talk about this before, but my whole act, when I first started, because the guy said, what should I talk about? He said, talk about what you know. It'll be easier. And uh-huh. all I knew is that my mom and dad farted a lot. <laughs> and that's what Perfect. my act was about. But my first joke ever was, hey, everybody, my mom is here. I'm 15 and my mom is here tonight. And they clapped. And I said, it's, it's kind of crazy because this is the first fucking time I can fucking swear in front of my motherfucking mom. <laughs> That was the first Did thing just I kill? killed. Oh my god! It was that's the first amazing. thing I ever said. Oh, and it was damn. Uh, that's it, so good. It was it was like so gratifying. Yeah. But I knew after that first time. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that I was like, it. oh, I really like fifteen. This. Fifteen. Do you want to know what I wore? Please. Oh, I was in Western Mass, so I had some chunky white high tops shoes, sneakers. Okay. I had my acid wash jeans tucked into those. Oh my god. I had uh, a belt tight. 
<laughs> Not a loose belt. Right under the breastbone, baby. Tight. Maybe. All the way up. I had Top a, floor. I had a mullet. I had a baseball hat. I had a pretty thick silver chain. Oh, my God. Wait for it, Kelsey. And a mesh shirt. Shut the but, fuck up. <laughs> but tight up. mesh, like a, like a football shirt, like a tight mesh. Tight mesh. White. White. Um, that's the name of your next album is Tight Mesh. Tight Mesh. What, what did 100%. you wear first time you were on stage? What did you wear? Do you remember? I think it was, I think it was like a t-shirt and jeans. But I, I wonder from like a male perspective, if you've ever felt um, like you have to be super aware of what you wear on stage. Because I know you just said that you recently performed without a hat for the first yeah. time. Have you ever thought about like, if I wear this, all the, the time. Audi- really? All the time. Really? What, so what do you feel most comfortable in on stage? Well, I, there's a couple things, you know. So first of all, just I'm very casual. Yeah. And I'm conversational on stage. Yes. And I find when I'm more dressed up, it takes away from that. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it was harder to do like, this is just the dude that I hang out with when I was hatless with the suit. Yeah. Also. For me, um, oh, this is going to be, because if I say this, I know I'm going to get, but this is just the truth. Okay. All right. There are a lot of guys who come to the show that autom- already don't like me. Because they're being, br- they're being brought by their wife. They're being brought by their girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I can see them in the crowd. Mm-hmm. They're on their are phone. Are they mean mugging? Yeah. Arms oh, across. Maybe their wife or girlfriend watched Chelsea in, and the worst was they watched it in bed. So oh. they're in bed and whatever. And we want to go see, let yeah. me see that job, right? So automatically that dude doesn't like me. Yeah. He also doesn't like me. I, I'm obsessive about healthy in the gym. I'm just right. obsessive. It's just what, it's just my Makes thing to happy. be obsessive. Yeah. About. It does really make me happy. Yeah. And so I know on some nights where I'm like, I got to loosen up this t-shirt a little bit. Damn. Because I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah, yeah. I can look at guys yeah. and know right away this dude hates me. Fucking hates me. So I got to give him as few options as possible to hate me. Yes. So he can just start to listen to my material, which I look, I'm very confident about. If you are open minded, I don't know a lot of people that come to the show and don't like it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because even it's just fun stories, right? Yeah. But if you're it's not accessible. open to it, yes. If you already hate me, yeah. Then we have a problem. So for yes. me, honestly, more than you think. Wow. More than you think. This is really fascinating. I haven't talked to many guys who have that mindset. Most, like, a lot of the male comics I know just throw on whatever, don't think twice about yep. it. Um, that's fascinating. You I, have to. Yeah. You have to. It's, and I feel like it's another level of fighting against stereotypes because... You're fighting both, though. You're fighting men and women. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's such a good way to put it. Because already I'm dealing with a stereotype that women aren't funny. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a, another stereotype of pretty women can't be funny. Mm-hmm. Like pretty women definitely cannot be funny. And does that mean that you are like, I would like, maybe I would, wouldn't mind wearing a little extra makeup tonight, but I can't wear extra makeup. Exactly. Exactly. You have to come on looking as plain as you can. Yeah. Which there was a period of time, there were a few years like earlier on where I looked at it as like, I have a show tonight. I want to feel my best. I want to look my best because it's a performance. I'm on stage. That's what like made sense to me was to be a little dolled up. Now I go up and it's not like I don't look androgynous, but I definitely don't put in the effort that I would if I were like going out in Vegas or something. No, but also your material so if you were Natasha Leggero, yeah. I would say you got to dress up. 
It's who you are. Right. It's what your material is. Right. Your material also lends itself to not having to be super dressed up. Exactly. Because it's like, you know, it's kind of like what I said, like, I feel like my outsides don't match my insides. I know if I'm like, if I'm in Vegas with a group of friends and we're getting dolled up, I know I can like put enough makeup on, have my tits out to feel like fucking Beyonce. Just feel great and feel confident. But my material is about shitting in an Amazon box. Yeah. You know? Taking, doesn't match. Taking gin shots and chasing them with deli meat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we talked about yeah. that. the craziest thing. My material, like who I am is very like, but very the- embarrassing and like non-pretentious at all. But if I go on stage with like a little too much makeup or my shirt is too low cut, right away, people are like not on board, don't get it. Well, you're dealing with two different things. And, yeah. and I, I used to watch... Uh, Honestly, I used to watch Chelsea go through this. Mm. You, she said to me one time she got off stage, my tits are going to be a problem. Yeah. And I go, what do you mean? She said, I just, because if a, if, if, if a woman is on a date and the dude looks at my tits, she hates me. Yes. Not yes. him. Yeah. She hates me for having tits that yeah. he's looking at. And now he's not listening to my material because he's looking at my tits. And he's not laughing because he can feel that his girlfriend's pissed. Yeah. And so, and so like, she's like, I really, she had to dress herself down almost boyish in a way. Yeah. There's some, I've seen some recent tape of myself on stage. Like if I tape a set to like go back and look at the material and I'm like, wow, I like, I used to, I used to wear dresses on stage a few years in. I thought that was like what you did. And now it's like slick back ponytail, baggy sweatshirt. Just But it fits your it fits your who am I? Yeah. It does definitely fits your who am I. Definitely. And how how so you've been wow, you've been doing it for a decade now. Yeah. When did you feel like and guys, you know that I start to nerd out comedy wise when I talk to comics. Because I'm fascinated <laughs> by other people's pro- process. And yeah. When did you realize who you were on stage? How many years in? Oh, I mean, honestly, maybe not until the last like couple years. Seems about right. Maybe more the last year. I remember, so doing, trying to get on The Tonight Show took me like a year. Like it took me a long time of sending the Booker tapes, getting notes, going back. Michael Cox, yeah. And at at the time I was frustrated because I was like, fuck, I just feel like I can't get this the way he wants or whatever, but I'm so glad that he kind of pushed me to that place because by the time I got it, how I wrote my material, how I saw everything was so much better than ever before because I had started like typing my jokes out and going through like with word economy shit and being like, I don't need that word. I don't need that word. There's a better way to say this. Like every, every one of these lines or at least every other line, whatever, I should be getting a laugh. Especially for like tonight's show. For that set, for sure, yeah. You know, obviously if I'm doing like a longer story, it's a little bit different, but I still now try to make it very punchy. Whereas before, I don't want to say I was being lazy, but it just like, I don't know if I like wasn't taking it seriously enough or like putting it under the microscope enough, but now I'm just, I'm like very aware of like how frequently am I getting the laugh? What can be improved? I, I'm a lot less, um, like, I don't just, like, write a joke and then be like, okay, good enough. Like, I'm always like, no, there's, this can be better. Well, that is, you have to do that. Yeah. You, I think you have to do that. I don't 
type or write anything out mm. only because when I do, I find myself too married to those words. And so it oh. becomes a memorizing kind of thing instead of just talking to you. Oh, so I that's start, really interesting. If I say I wrote my joke out, yeah. I would start to see the words yeah. in my head. Yeah. And I would be concentrating on those exact words instead yeah. of being in the moment of the story. And so for me, the way I, there's a guy who saw me a couple of weeks ago. He was like, man, I've seen that story probably seven times. And every time I see it, I laugh because it seems to me you're telling it for the first time. Wow, that's so cool. That's not normal. You know what I mean? Like, but, it's not typical. Yes. It's really cool that you do that. But 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 but, but 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 that was for me one of the biggest compliments I could get because what that meant is this is, that's why I don't memorize things. There's a couple punchlines I hit, obviously, in every story, the same yeah. story. But different wording. I fuck, even the joke that had whatever 50 million views. Wrestling. I yeah. tell that this weekend, and every time I told it, now to the audience, they may be like, that was you told the same way every time. No. Really? I didn't. I didn't. Wow. I had to, ch- I changed up some setups. I changed up a couple of punches. Yeah. Some of the big punches I keep. That's but so cool. It's the only way for me to keep it fresh. Yeah. Because you and I are both storytellers. Yes. Like I do have some jokes that are more just like written, whatever, set up punchline. But like the ones I really, truly enjoy telling the most are just like real stories. Yeah, that- that's why I love your stand up. I really do. And by the way, you know what I do now with those um, one-liners, which has helped my, I just put them into stories. I don't even tell them because it's not my style. It doesn't fit. Yeah. It fits in a story. I can figure out how to go. You know what that's like? That's like, and then that joke comes in. So I have a folder filled of jokes. Oh, okay. That's really good. Yeah. And if my, if I have a story that I'm really working on, but I'm like, I can't fucking, f- I'll just go through that folder and be like, you know what? That works. That works. And I'll just start plugging them in. Yes. Like the, do you know the, the manicure tool story? No. Okay. So this is, um, you know, this is not happening on Comedy Central. Yeah. That's the one that went up online, I think in March. And that's the story of how like the first time I tried masturbating, I ended up in the emergency room, yes, which I mentioned to me. you. Yes. Yes. And that is like. That's as like real yeah. and just like embarrassing and just telling you a straight up story as it gets. But also I'm glad that like because it was TV, it did push me to be like, where can this be mm-hmm. a joke? Where can I add a joke? Where can I add a joke? Because it's not. How yeah. do you, I'm super curious with other storytellers. For me, yeah. if I have a story, I tell it exactly how it happened. Yes. Five or six times on stage without adding tone, without adding any, any, I'm not emphasizing. I'm not telling you what I think is funny. I just tell the story. No added oh, anything. Oh, to see where it gets laughs. To see which part of the real story works and how much of the real story I can keep. Because to me, that's what makes the story the best. The more oh. of the real shit I can keep. Yeah. Makes it easier for me to tell it the like it's real every time like it's new every time I mean yes that you don't get sick of it right and so how do you do it I I guess it's similar in that way where I think you kind of have to approach it like that the first few times because all you have is the story that's like what you it's like your fucking skeleton it's just bare bones Mm -hmm. it's like okay this is what I know I'm just going to tell you this story and then I like that because it's not so written out yet and you can just like add a, add a tags that comes to you or be looser. And then sometimes I'll go back and listen to the audio and be like, okay, this, 
I don't even think I need this chunk of the story because mm-hmm. it didn't really get anything. So let's cut that out. This got a lot. So why don't I add even more to that and really like hammer in some some tags and stuff? Isn't it interesting? It's so interesting to me. And you know, guys, one of the reasons I nerd out about it is because you never perfect it. Right. I'm always learning. It's always fascinating to me when I tell a story in the parts that some people find interesting that I would have thrown away. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this is where the laughs that's are. Where you, yeah. That's what you guys like. Okay. All right. You're I, sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, is there a chance? And I know you probably told it a thousand times, but to give these people the the edited version of the this is not happening. Oh sure. I mean, I can give you a, a quick version. Yeah. Give it. Um, it doesn't have to be because um, uh, I heard a few details. It seems kind of bananas. It it was um so. I was 17, and that was, like, the year that all my friends were losing their virginity. That's the first time you masturbated? You were 17? Was it 15? I always get confused if it was 15 or 17. Seems, it seems late. I, I mean, no, not, I not in a it, negative way, no, but... It, 17's when I lost my virginity. I think it was 15. Okay. So 15, yeah, that's It right. will be weird if you lost your virginity before you masturbated. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> little weird. A little mentally unstable. So... so my friends had they were all losing their virginity and I hadn't yet and at that age you just want to fit in there's just so much FOMO like you just want to be one of you want to be part of the group what were they telling you were they telling you it was great or they were telling you it's the worst thing ever I think they were I mean it probably was total shit but they were like oh it's so amazing you know like they're making (laughs) it super romantic and not like you know two pumps and done or whatever whatever the fuck was happening but so I felt super left out and um, I've always been very like Lisa Simpson, super just like nerdy type A. I rather than just being like, oh, I'll like maybe start going out with a guy I like and let it lead into that. I was like, I am just going to find an object in my house and put it inside me so that that way, like I'll know what sex feels like and I can like fit in with my friends again. Not not a mentally stable. Okay, dog. can I ask a question? Totally, go for it. Were you going to tell them you had sex, or that you had just put an object inside of you, or had you not thought that out? I hadn't thought that okay, out to be okay, honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, I think you'll, you'll see in this story that there isn't a lot of thought. Not a lot. <laughs> There's not a lot of hey, what, where might this take you? And maybe you shouldn't do any of this. So no, I was not even thinking that far. I was just like. Let's just see. So I got home uh, and I just kind of started looking around. And like when you're a girl, I'm sure this is, I think, a fairly common joke that if like you dudes had a vagina, like if you had a hole, you would just be finding stuff to, Mm -hmm. you know, Sonicare toothbrush handles Mm -hmm. and fucking Crayola markers or whatever. You just you're like, there's a hole. I should figure out what goes in here. Mm -hmm. And what what size object? Exactly. What am I right for? Size check. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I a hundred percent would have done that I, just to know, you know, this is kind of what I'm looking for. If I'm shopping. Yes, the, exactly. I, I don't need anything that small. I don't need anything this large, something in this range. Exactly. Like car shopping. Yes. Yes. It, it Kick just, the tires. It's a very type A thing to do. Yeah. Be like, I'm just being practical. I just need to know what's going on down there. So um, I, I kept looking for all these things. And then finally I saw my mom had this like handheld manicure tool, which if you'd seen like certain infomercials, that's where they would sell them. It was like you could put little attachments on the top to like buff your nails. But <laughs> the handle 
was what shaped kind, like a what dick. What kind of attachments? I don't, like little, like a, like little a, metal, yeah, metal spinners like and stuff. shine a shoe with? Totally, totally. <laughs> but I wasn't putting that part. Yeah. There was no like inspector gadget yeah, helmet yeah. coming near my lady lips. So <laughs> I I saw that and I was like. You didn't want to buff it out first? <laughs> like a shiny? <laughs> yeah. Little shiny puss. Like so. in the airport. That thing could need a shine. Come on over here. We could give it a shine. <laughs> oh my god um so the handle of this looked like a dick shape but the thing i didn't understand would be a problem was that it was made of like a grippy rubber material you know for holding in your hand mm-hmm. not shoving up your twat mm-hmm. but i was like whatever we'll just give this a go and so i was trying to make it happen and like n- no movement nothing because like i wasn't aroused by anything and I was it was grippy te- yeah, yeah fucking terrified yeah. and it's just like clinging to any surface it's not meant to go in anywhere no so i like i kind of stopped and was like okay maybe this is not the right thing to do and then i think that just like that that foosball blood in me that peer pressure all combined and was like i'm not a fucking quitter yeah that's what we just like, learned about kelsey yeah. cook everybody guess uh, who's no quitter <laughs> you put food on her plate she's fucking finishing that food no quitting here so <laughs> i again i like i don't even remember because i think my i think i like blacked out a little bit like my memory was just like we can't have this in our head or else like we can't accomplish anything uh-huh. in life but i managed i put the whole thing up there I fit the whole thing up there. Wait, you I don't went know. with the buffer? The buffer went into the, the. It didn't have the buffer on it because I took uh, it off, so it was just the handle. But I put the whole handle up there, and I took it out and was like, "Oh, like what? What did I just do?" And I, I got in the shower. That like instinctive, like I have to like wash off the shame and just whatever. And I knew something was so wrong right away because I felt this like burning and itching Wait, sensation. You got in the shower with it still in your vagina? No, no, no. I took it out. Okay. Took it out. And then it was just like washing off, just like, oh, I feel mm-hmm. weird. And it started to feel like it was like burning and itching down there. So and you're like, did I get an STD already? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, my mom's hands are dirty as shit. Fucking shit. <laughs> like old, old chlamydia hands. <laughs> chlamydia <Mom>? hands? <laughs> It's a rare, rare medical condition. Very rare, but Very. every now and then you run into somebody with clement hands and, you know, shit happens. Shit you know? happens, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's your journey. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I, like, need to not see my mom for a little while because if I look at her hands, I'm going to think clement hands. Um, and so I was like, well, let me look at it with a mirror and maybe it'll look fine. Of course, I sat spread eagle and um my vagina had swollen shut what do you mean like there was no hole anymore like the inside was swollen or the 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 outside area like everything like like it just was closed like it looked like homer simpson sideways <laughs> like <laughs> like swollen do you know what I do you know what I say you know what's so funny you know what I say and that this is not happening so I say it looked like rocky's eye turned sideways <laughs> That's, I'm not kidding. That's so funny that your mind went to something so similar. It's legit in my set. I say Rocky's eye turned sideways. Yeah. Homer Simpson is absolutely yeah. another perfect example of that. Yeah. It was just like, it and was did closed. you start to panic? Yeah. Because at that point I realized that I needed medical attention. Oh. And I was going to have to tell a doctor what I did. But before that, I was going to have to tell my mom what I did because I needed somebody to take me to the doctor's office. Now, was there any part of your brain that was like, I got to call a friend? No. 
for whatever reason, I just felt like my mom was the lesser of the evils. You know what that reason is? Uh, high school. Yeah. And you know your mom's not telling the story at lunch tomorrow. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, you figured it out totally for me. Yeah. So um, I, rem- I, I remember telling my mom and it was like, I mean, our relationship just changed forever from that moment. Had to. Because she, she just knew me as her like sweet little girl. Didn't know I'm fucking trying to diddle or whatever. And... She probably locked up a different lot of appliances. Oh, she was like, "Hey, listen, I'm not gonna let you in my room anymore, yeah. and mm-hmm. stay away from my hairbrush." <laughs> we, were gonna have, we were gonna have corn dogs yeah. for dinner, but not tonight. Because you're At least fucking the corn crazy. Corn dog has something you can hold on to. Yeah, no, you gotta hold. You, that's the thing. You gotta. You need a string or something that you can, you know, take that back out. Yeah. And so, so they. Uh, she took me down to the clinic, and it's just I like. So I'm from Spokane, but I grew up for like uh, middle school and high school in Cheney, Washington, which is much smaller right outside of Spokane. So like the family doctor I'd seen, I've been seeing like my whole life. Um, guy or girl? Guy. Ugh. Of course. Just like 60 year yeah. old, very Christian. Cold hands. Cold. God, the coldest. Uh, uh, Hank Schimberger was mine and he had some <laughs> cold ass hands. Like, you what's gotta, up, Hank? Yeah, what's up, Hank? You sure you got to jiggle my nuts when I'm nine? <laughs> I'm nine. Is it important for you to check for something when oh, I'm not? Those cold ass Hank Schimberger hands. Oh you know what I mean? Come on, Hank. Hank. I'm not. I'm not. Why do you need to touch my nose when I'm not? What are you checking for? You need to look in the mirror, Hank. Yeah. <laughs> Take you got a some long. questions to ask yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that is not okay. Yeah, this is not good, no, Hank. No, not, not good, Hank. Um, so I had to tell him, and he was just so confused. I, like, I picked the worst thing to put inside me because, like, when you say manicure tool, nobody knows what that means. So I have I, no, I, I'm yeah. not picturing anything in my head. So I would then have to describe it and be like, it was shaped like a dick and it, like just so mortifying. I went from this being this like very, very secretive solo mission of just like, I'm just going to figure this out for myself to like the town knows, like my mom knows, the family doctor knows, like everybody's yeah. going to know. And so he like fucking put on his miner's headlight oh, to oh, just no. the worst. Like when you're, especially when you're young, the last time you want somebody like looking down there with a bright light is when your pussy's just like a fucking disaster oh. zone, just like hazmat tape. You know, you just are like, I don't want somebody down here. You so need you to cut the caution tape. <laughs> Let me get in there. <laughs> oh my god, a hard hat. Oh. <laughs> so mortifying oh. so he like poked around and was like so um from like the swelling and burning i can deduce that you're allergic to latex so that was like the big reveal so no condoms for you no condoms for me all my boyfriend's been very happy about it really? i am just riddled with disease no kidding. <laughs> no is that right no condoms well either i've lambs. been I'm I'm not like super um, promiscuous. Like I haven't fucked very many people. Yeah. It's mostly been like in relationships where I'm like, hey, if you get tested, I get tested. I'm on the pill, so then we're fine. Got it. Got it. Got it. Either that or like the non latex condoms, which are you know whatever. I, I I tried one of those once. I tried the lamb one. That was the, did it smell like a euro? Oh, was it, I was. The worst smell. I'm did like, you this, put some tzatziki on it? I did. It smelled like old meat. I'm oh like, what? my god! Like, what? This is this condom is what I imagine Johnny Depp smells like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh like, my god! You John- <laughs> have to say that on stage. Like, write just write it down. The 
so funny. It is what it, it's right. Isn't that the oh Johnny Depp? Don't you expect him to smell like that, dude? Like when he takes those scarves oh, off, old meat and cigarettes, just like <laughs> scarf. Whatever is underneath the scarves, that skin, you know, is not seeing no. a shower head. Do you know what I find fascinating though? I find fascinating about some guys who are so good looking, and I haven't seen too many women who have done it. Okay, but go with Johnny Depp. Let's take Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt. Okay. On purpose it seems like for periods of their life they were like i'm just gonna look homeless oh and, yeah and guess what doesn't matter oh no the, the, the aquaman guy yeah i saw him in october we were at uh, a con in boston oh, okay and uh was that october doesn't matter and if anybody else was wearing what he was wearing <laughs> he would have looked like an 18th century account <laughs> do you know what i'm saying yeah like you're like what is this dude wearing but when he was wearing it i'm like i might go buy those pants <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if I could get away with those. How many buttons are right here? Those seven buttons? What is that? I think I like that. Is that wool? I, look, that wool looks good on you. You know what I mean? Like, this dude, it didn't wow. matter. He yeah. was just, but it, when you get to a certain level of hot. Doesn't it, matter. No, I mean, Johnny Depp has been my all-time ultimate celebrity crush forever. Even this, forever. He, the last movie but, he was in with the white hair? Yeah, I mean, I'll... I would fuck him in any shape or form that he chooses. Really? Particularly Captain Jack Sparrow. Like, that is yeah. my ultimate fantasy. But, obviously, with all, like, the shit that came out with his ex-wife. And, I mean, it sounds like he's really, like, an animal. Like, a fucking, like, bad person in particular like a bad partner and that broke my heart because i was like my fantasy forever but i just i try to preserve him in my mind as captain jack sparrow my guy without a doubt is brad pitt 100 percent. and here's why because it doesn't matter which pick a pit pick a pit i tell people this all the time oh my god pick your pit who's your pit pick your movie with your timeless i see my pit is legends of the fall because you get the beard you get the soldier, um, you get clean cut, you get long hair, Indian, you get a little everything, you get a little buffet, you get a little, the pit buffet. Sure, but pick if you were gonna pick your pit, what movie? Some people go Fight Club pit. <laughs> what if I was like um, Benjamin Button? He's <laughs> a baby. <laughs> no, I'm that counts, right? No, I like the baby with the pit face. Fucking terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Um, I mean, f- Fight Club is a hard one to top, just in Those terms abs. of the body. It's like, what even is that? That's not. It's not it's normal. Crazy. It's fucking crazy. Um, I love an Ocean's Eleven, Brad. Oh, he looks good in that suit, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Just eating nachos. Always eating. Why does he eat in every it's scene like it, in every movie? I know. I think it's like a character tick in at least Ocean's, the Ocean's yes. trilogy. He's always eating. And on any other character, I would be so grossed out with him licking his fingers all the time. But um, something about Brad Pitt licking his fingers. I'm fingers. like, lick that finger. Lick them fingers. Go ahead, lick it. Lick them fingers. <laughs> lick them fingers. <laughs> Just... Josh and I You know, if we go see a pit movie, we're just like, lick the fingers. Lick the fingers. Oh, this is what he likes to Everybody has a different pit. Some people pick a pit and they pick a snatch pit. Okay. They like the snatch pit. Okay. Part of pit for me is 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 who, because <laughs> in, in the pick a pits, I'm super secure with who I am. It's the most fun I've yeah. had all day. <laughs> yeah. More guys should be like this like they should just be like yeah 100 percent. i would fuck brad pitt and a heartbeat there if we were like you tell me i haven't pictured myself walking hand in hand with brad pitt down the beach <laughs> you know what i'm saying just like hey everybody i'm a brad pitt swinging our hands together yeah. just going into a marshall's you know just <laughs> no I, i'm totally i'm very secure with who i am yeah. i have a beautiful wife i have beautiful kids oh, I, beautiful family it always makes me laugh <laughs> 
when people are like, I'm like, you think Brad Pitt's good looking? I don't know. I'm not gay. Listen, oh. if you were sucking my dick when I asked you that question, <laughs> there'd be a different situation. But relax. It's Jesus. Just like, at, at meet and greets. You don't get this. I'm, I'm, but I'll put my arm around dudes. And they're like, no, no, that gay shit. I'm like, guys. Are you serious? But I tell them all the time. If you are not comfortable with that, we're not taking a picture. Not because you're not comfortable with it. Yeah. Because of what you said. Like, yes. Like, um, good for you. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't, this is not because n- now is my chance to help teach you. Yes. N- and not in a condescending way, but just to go, Hey man, this is a friendly gesture, friendly yeah. gesture. I could hug you yeah. friendly gesture. Now, if I tapped your nuts, when we hug, totally, you would probably be like, Hey dude, hey, not man. so much with that tap, um, not tap. Yeah. But you know what feels great? A hug to anybody. Yeah. Feels great. Feels, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I truly believe that like, um, that's all education and experience. Yeah. Did you grow up around many gay? I don't feel like we had very many gay people at my school in particular. Um, you know, Eastern Washington is just not a very diverse area. Uh, no, but, but I find that places with weather like that generally <laughs> are pretty white. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a lot of parkas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know that I saw like a ton of diversity growing up, but definitely once I, you know, started pursuing stand-up and I moved to Seattle um, after uh, college and Seattle's just such a huge hub for yeah. like so much diversity. And, Is that yeah. where you started your stand-up? For the most part. I had that college show for like a year I was in LA for like a summer after that for an internship. And then I went to Seattle for like four or five years. So Seattle was definitely like where I did the majority of my like early growth. You too. Me too. That's right. At the old, the old comedy underground. Yes. Yeah. The old comedy underground. I bet you, you could ask anybody who started there and they would tell you this is the best club ever. The old comedy underground without a doubt, my favorite club in the history of clubs. I saw so much, you know, I started with Joey Diaz and Brody. We all started together. Oh wow. Okay. A weird group of people to start yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Comedy Underground, Comedy Underground was a basement. And you could yeah. smoke inside back then. So by the late show no Saturday. Way. Late show Saturday, it looked like you were at Mount Olympus because there was a layer of smoke probably oh a foot God. down from the ceiling. Well, it's still, it's, it's amazing. all the same. I mean, minus the smoking inside, but like I'm there like at least once a year now. I'll be Like I said, I'll be there in February. It's and at It's at the new one. Well, not new anymore, but not is the Is it original. a different? The original got ruined by that earthquake. No shit. The one that's in Pioneer Square? It used to be in Pioneer Square. No, no, no. That's, it's still there. It, it used to be. Okay, so you know where the fire station is? Yeah. Okay, so okay. This is where the Comedy Underground is now. This is where that homeless park is. Yes, okay. yes. This is where it is now. If you walk up the street, the fire department is here. Yeah. It used to be somewhere else? Right here. Oh, I just assumed There was a bar called so... Swanee's. That's... Yeah. So is Swanee still there? It's above. Oh, Swanee's was the above bar and below was the Comedy Underground. Yeah, that's, yeah. And it was a magical, magical wow. place. I, I, it was tall. It was small. It was like a box. Yeah. And I love, that's where I like to perform. Yes. I like a small, I like a basement. I like uh, a low ceiling. Denver Comedy Works. <gasps> that downtown is the best club. Best. I mean, that's my that's one of my favorites of all time. It's the It's un it ruins you for the rest of your year yeah. when you perform there cuz you're just like you don't get that feeling at like most clubs ever. How when you go on the road and you are doing your hour? Yeah. 
Are you, do you go, okay, I'm, I'm taking 40 minutes of stuff that I do. And I, do you try new stuff all the time? I try to try new stuff all the time. I mean, I'll usually insert some new shit in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the beauty of headlining is that like you have that time and room to play. Like if you're doing 10 and you want to do fucking five new minutes, eh, you're gambling a little bit yeah. that like that shit might not work. And then you've got like two minutes to pull yourself out for some sort of closer. Um, but I do like doing that headlining and being um, able to throw some stuff in the middle. You do a lot of stuff by your fiance or no? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think if I were to like make a percentage of it, maybe 25%, 30% of my material. Are you as honest about your relationship as you are about yourself? Yeah. That's interesting because that takes a partner who is yeah. on board with that. Well, he's also a comedian. Oh, there you go. So it's, I think always in our relationship, it was like material first. Like we never wanted to censor each other and be like, hey, That's amazing. don't fucking say just, that about me. Do I know him? His name's Kane Holloway. I do not know him. And interesting. And is there, I'm going to, is there, is your career further along than his? Um, right now, yeah. And is is that ever difficult in the house? There was a period of time that it was. Um, so he and I met in Seattle. And when I met him, he'd been doing it for like a year longer than me. And he was further along in the scene at the time. And um, so I remember like him getting certain opportunities that I wasn't getting and feeling bummed. But not that sort of like, oh, like they don't deserve it. And I should have gotten it. Just again, like that FOMO of like, oh, I'm so happy that he got it. I just wish I had gotten it too. Yeah. And so I remember feeling that and being like, oh, this is like one of the hard parts of two comics dating is that like you sometimes are going for the exact same opportunities and it can be painful. So I remember feeling that, um, early on just a couple times. And then there were maybe a few years where we were kind of just at the same level, both like featuring headlining here or there. And then when we moved to LA four years ago, um, I, had this kind of weird lucky break where I had Jim Norton on my podcast within a few months of living here. And then I started touring with him and I toured with him for three years. So I went from like, literally we had just moved down here. I'm just trying to get my fucking feet set and figure out how to get up places to like national tours. Like he's a good guy to tour with too, because as far as being honest, uh, yeah, which I've always like, that's my favorite like type of comedy yeah. is just like raw, real, honest, unpretentious, like just, and he, and I love him and his crowds because they want that. But Jim's also so smart. It's yeah. not like dumb hick, like dick jokes. It's like, it's like refined dick jokes. He, he's, he, I always tell people there's a difference between shock value, gross. Yes. yes. And then people who are just gross because that's honestly who they are. You know, yes. you know Joey Diaz. Yes. You know, I've known Joey bef- before any of my kids were born. Wow. And um, he's filthy on stage. And I, say, yeah. and I only use filthy because I don't know the other word to describe it. But I tell people all the time, for someone so filthy to offend so few people <laughs> because it's his truth. And yes. so when you're watching it, there's no shock value to it. Because you're watching a guy just be himself. Yeah. And Do you know what I mean? People can sense that. Yes, people I smell so. that a mile away if like you're not being who you actually 100%. are. And it's just for shock value. But that, I mean, those three years were so valuable What's for me. What's the biggest thing you learned on the road with him? Um, 
I mean, maybe what we're talking about, like the importance of just being yourself and his crowd really like, I feel like they embraced me being honest. There were times where I'd be like running the tonight show set uh, on the road and like that didn't ever usually go like super great because that's just not typically what his crowds would want but then as soon as I would transition into like doing more just uncensored real shit they loved that and that felt really good um I mean it's hard to pick like one like the most important thing I learned so much like he truly he yeah. changed my life I'll be forever grateful to him that happened with me with Larry the Cable Guy believe it or not really you know I toured with him for probably four years okay one of the nicest, most generous people I've ever met. Wow. On top of being one of the hardest working dudes. Oh, yeah. So, but the first night I opened for him, I said, what are the rules? He goes, don't say fuck. Oh. And you can do do between 20 and 25 minutes. And he said, and that's it. I go, any topics that you don't want me to talk about? He goes, no. And he said, I want to tell you something, though. And he said, I'm going to tell you this as an opportunity for you. Hmm. Just remember, it doesn't matter what you say. You could do the best out of your life or the worst, because by the time I get off, I get off stage, they're not going to remember who you were. <laughs> and he said, I'm, I'm saying that to you to take all of the pressure off of you. He said, here's what I want you to oh, use that my stage. Yeah. I want you to use my stage to try new jokes. He said, if every three weeks I don't hear four or five new min- minutes of material, I'm going to find somebody else to do this. Are you serious? Was, that was the only thing he was adamant about. Let me, let me hear the new jokes. Because wow, it's a receptive crowd. They're not going to remember you whether you're good or bad. They're going to laugh or not laugh, but they're not really going to remember you. They're going to remember you. Who was that guy is what they'll say. Who was the, I used to have people at, at, say to me at the merch table. Yeah. Because the other thing he said to me after maybe the second or third time I opened for him, I was on, on the bus afterwards. And he goes, what are you doing here? I go, I finished my set. You finished your set. We're going to hang out. He goes, you haven't earned the right. You should be at the merch table shaking everybody's hand. Mm. What are you doing back here talking to me? I already know you. I know you're funny. (laughs) He said, but those people, they're not going to remember your stand up unless you're out there shaking their hands. Because then they're going to be like, oh, you're the the guy. Yeah, it was invaluable. And and like, but he was right because he said, he kept saying, I go, yeah, but I want to get laughs. He was like, you're falling in love with the laughs and not getting better. And oh my God, he's blowing my mind right now. He said this was the best. He said, um, what good are the laughs if they don't remember what you said? Oh, brain bleeding out of my ears right now. That's incredible. But that's what, that was his way of saying, be you, try new shit, get better. That is. Get better. But it was, it was great. Such a gift. Like him saying that to you from the get go, uh, because it's not just the pressure. I mean, I felt so much pressure always to go out and crush and I was not particularly focused on like the growth of my material Mm -hmm. and adding new material because to me it was almost like the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm like if I go out and try a bunch of new shit and it bombs he's gonna find another opener like to me it was like I always had to do I would have thought the same thing too if he hadn't given me the okay Yeah. yeah 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 like I thought okay my job like I'm very fortunate that I've been asked to do this job for him is to get the crowd ready. Even though now, you know, I guess I look back and it's like, it's not even, they didn't even need me. Like they were there to see him. They would, if he just went out cold, they still would have fucking gone nuts because they yeah, love him. That was his point. Yeah. 
But I, it's so, this is so weird because I'm just now realizing all this. I was terrified. Yeah. They wouldn't if, to do bad. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have remembered. Yeah. To be honest, they wouldn't have remembered. Yeah. It's it was it was I felt so lucky that he, that he did that for me. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, and I also toured with Chelsea. Yeah. And um, she was equally gracious. Like she would be like, "How many people are out there?" And they were they say, "Well, we need to start. It's eight o'clock show. It's eight fifteen. And she'd say, "How many people?" And they were like, "It's only half full." And she was like, "No, nah, he's not going out half full." Oh, that's really nice. That's like. That's super nice. She would say he's not going out half full. And she'd tell the crowds, uh, you know, make sure you guys get and on the show. Make sure you guys get there early. We're not starting until everybody's there. But she would not wow. let make any of us go up half. That's so nice. They were both, incre- you know what's weird? Outside of their political views, yeah. they're so much alike in how they treat people. Oh, they're, they're, they're both so generous and um, honest and, and, uh, and loyal. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I, I got really lucky because I've heard nightmares. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sure you yeah, have, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. I've opened it for some people. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I, like, if I could do it again, just, like, having this conversation with you, I would have taken more risks. You know, I, I definitely, like, did plenty of new material over the course of those three years, but I was so much more focused on looking perfect and just crushing out of this fear of, like, if I go out there and eat a dick, he's going to be like, oh, well, this isn't the right fit. She needs to Dude. go. And, and and it's not like he ever said that to but me. But he would have never. He would have no. never. And I know that like Attell has said that to somebody before. I can't remember who it was, but Attell told somebody like, somebody was featuring for Attell for a weekend and by the Sunday show, Attell was like, why didn't you try anything? You did the same set five times. Like you didn't, you didn't have a great weekend, even though you like did really well each show you didn't grow like you didn't try anything that's and it. that's always stuck with me so i would definitely Tom if i Rhodes could go back said to i would have done that he yeah. said why are you so worried about crushing all the time and i was like what isn't that what we're supposed to do yeah. he was like no no you're doing material that you know works all of the time yeah. so what <laughs> yeah i was just like whoa yeah it was it was eye opening, you know. I did, certain certain things changed for me the last couple of years. I started bringing my guitar on the road. I was really scared for a long time to do that because we are a small community. Yeah, yeah. And I was performing for comics instead of for the people who were coming to see me. Mm. And as and as soon as I started just performing and worrying about the people who were sitting in front of me and what I like to do, yeah, things have changed for me in ways that I never wow. thought they were going to. And I really started to enjoy comedy again. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. I, I have to tell you, this was maybe the fastest hour I've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> oh my and God. I feel like I could really talk to you because I have so many other questions, but we'll have to do I know. a part D. I didn't know how long you usually go for, and I was like, shit, I could, we could literally just talk for 17 yeah, hours. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I usually go an hour, but I, I will tell you, I do want to have you and your fiance on Control Chaos. Would he oh, come on? Yeah, definitely. He would love that. When You have me booked for one of- I have you booked, but we'll do it a different- Okay. We'll do it a different, um, I have so much fun doing that you show. Love, oh, it's so fun. And it's like, you know, we're talking about improv. It's such like a good chance to just like kind of get out of your comfort zone and have fun. But like, it's not, it feels like no pressure. Even though there are a, like a ton of people watching online, you're like in a group of friends and yeah. you're just like goofing around. Avery's playing piano. So good. It's, it's great. Yeah. I love doing your show. And then you get like free, sw- <laughs> <laughs> I got like the nicest Pumas. I was like, 
Are you serious? And I wear your all wrestle you shirt. Do you? All the time. As somebody who like also, you know, sells merch. Yeah. Like there's so much merch out there that is uncomfortable and stiff and just like not cute or whatever. And like those shirts, I wear mine so often because it's comfy. Oh it's God, colorful. Everybody. Like I just, I love it. Why aren't you getting yours right now? You guys, it's um, a great gift. What do you want to, what do you want to promote? Tell everybody. Um, self-helpless podcast. It's also, are you, are you part of all things comedy network too? I am. Okay. This is also part of, uh, all things comedy network, self-helpless. Uh, we dive into different like self-help topics every week and decide if we think it works or if it's bullshit. Um, uh, kelseycook.com for tour dates. Risk of fury is my foosball web series. We didn't even get into the fact guys that her family is in the foosball hall of fame. I know we have, there's so much to talk about. We're going to have to do another one. Yeah. But I'm foos- all after this thing goes away. I'm Rudolph, the red nosed <laughs> Jew deer today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see it. Oi, oi, oi. Look at this fucking thing. It's so it crazy. It's like, Guys, I have the biggest under the skin nose zit. They're like, the worst. Nose ones, too, are so painful. I just feel like your nose is so sensitive. And you know what? If I'm oh. going to get teenage shit, I should be able to do teenage stuff. Like, 100%. Why do I get this but not the other? The good things that go with it. I'm so sorry. Go hit like a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. Maybe I Make will. Make yourself feel better. Yeah, eat a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell them about Risa Fury. Uh, Risa Fury, so... It's also part of uh, All Things Comedy. It goes onto their YouTube, so go subscribe to um, their YouTube channel. And every couple weeks, a new episode comes out where I'm basically battling another comedian who is trying to beat me at foosball. It's kind of like a beat Bobby Flay situation where I can see if like any comics are actually able to beat me. Guys, I, without us telling you, yeah, I would like you to reach out to me. And, and, and do you think I'm good at foosball or do you think I am bad at foosball? I mean, if you sight unseen, knowing what you know now, now you know, but if know. walking in, were you thinking he's going to be good or he's going to be terrible? I thought that you could be decent. I mean, we talked about Dean Del Rey, Dean Del Rey good. Or? Dean Del Rey was, he was good. Like he definitely has like good ball control, some good shots. Um, I guess even though we've talked before that like physical shape does not really matter that Mm-mm. much in foosball. Mm-mm. I just know that since you are in good shape, I thought athletic might be, you know, have some good hand-eye coordination. Maybe it'll just, will come real naturally to him. Mm-hmm. And I won't say any more than that to, um, I won't spoil what the, uh, the actual situation is. It was is. gold, everybody. It was gold. I'll let you know <laughs> when it's coming out. Thank you so much for being on guys. You know, comedianjashwell.com for tour dates. I'm in Washington DC for new year's Eve. Um, and I'm bringing Beth with me. So, you know, I like to bring her on stage and embarrass her. Oh, fun. It's always so much fun. And then everything else, comedianjashwell.com for tour dates. You know, the high live happens Mondays, happens tonight Yay. in the backyard. And then Control Chaos every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Sweet. Thank you so much for coming Thanks to the for Wolf Household. Me. I appreciate it. We'll oh. see you guys later. <laughs>